some of the subscribers got it early. Gentlemen, welcome to the Film Find, the greatest movie podcast ever. Some of you have never listened to a movie podcast before. My name is Adam Portress, and uh, I am back. Uh, I, we, I thought I was going to be back a whole lot more, a whole lot faster. Uh, but as I recorded the last show, I caught the Rona pretty bad. Actually, I had it technically uh, during that episode, but uh, it took a lot out of me and uh, took a little time off. But we're back here, and uh, I've got a lot to talk about with today's movie. That is Scream from 2022. Not to be confused with the original Scream of the exact same title. They kind of get to that a little bit in the movie itself, but uh wanted to just kind of uh, talk about Scream. It took me a little bit to see it because I was working so much and we had some snow and all kinds of crazy stuff went down, uh, but I was finally able to see Scream. Uh, thank heavens I got to watch it in the theater by myself with no other people there because uh, that would have been just a, just a bummer. <laughs> I love... There is... With horror movies, you're going to get one of two crowds, by and large. You're either going to get, like, that super awesome crowd that is, like, they're jumping at the right moments. They're, you know, the, everything in there is just perfect, right? That is your, uh, that's your snowflake. You're not going to find that too often. <laughs> More often than not. Uh, and we found the this uh, to be the case, this, this go-round with Scream. Uh, the audience can be just horrible, just horrible people. At least at our establishment, it was all just horrible, horrible people. However, uh, I did not have to suffer the wrath of those people. I am a special, <laughs> in as much as I work at a movie theater and can watch one by myself. And uh, we'll get to all of that kind of good stuff because this is the first screen movie without Wes Craven around, and uh, frankly, an idea that I'm going to be. Uh, quite honest with you is when they said we're doing another screen movie after Wes's death, it was uh, it that was a no go for me. I was like, you know what? We don't need this. Why would we need this? Seems like a really stupid, 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 dumb idea. Why would we do this? And yet we did it. And son of a gun. Uh, quick spoilers up at the top. Uh, I like this movie. I like it a good bit, but we'll get into it, all that kind of good stuff. Before we do, we do want to say a big thank you. I can't believe I'm saying that on the film find. I want to say a big thank you to the people that support this show over at patreon.com slash HMP. They are a small but loyal and beautiful group. 
Uh, let's go off with them. At the $1 level, we have Walt, our good friend Tim, and Rocket Face coming in at that $1 level. The fact that you're even here, especially with the shows being as infrequent as they are, we thank you very much. And oh, I'm always going to say we, even if I'm the only person here, because we is the show, is the me, is the you, is we are all one and we are all together. Uh, that's how I'll keep doing. I don't care. Uh, Jessica Berry coming in at $5. Love to see Jessica. Of course, she is a big-time supporter over at Here Movie Podcast and has been for quite some time. And speaking of which, we also have another uh, big-timer here. Uh, Maria from upstate New York has joined in at the $20 level, and it's unbelievable. It gets me back out here doing some more podcast episodes because, by George, you guys... Uh, are out here and demand it, and I'm going to be bringing you more and more content. We're going to do a couple of shorter shows. Uh, I want to do like you know probably three episodes this week. Try to hold me to that. And if you don't see some stuff going, bang bang, bang on the Twitter there. Let me know and say, hey, what are you doing? Where's my episode? What are you doing? Um, but. I wanted to talk about Scream because Scream was actually the movie to bump Spider Man. Is it No Way Home? Last Way Home? First one out? Ali Ali Oxen Free? The newest Spider-Man. Scream was the first one to knock that out of that spot with a respectable $38 million in a time when uh, uh, pandemic numbers went up uh, quite a little bit here. And then, of course, on top of that, at least in the southeast, it has been Snowmageddon, or as uh, people from West Virginia call it, uh, Tuesday. Uh, but we've been shutting things down left and right here. Uh, but it's good to be back, and uh, you know, I'm ready to ready to break down this new screen movie. So let's go ahead and take a listen. Oh, oh so if you do want to be like those other fine, fine people and uh, continue to uh, make me guilty enough to do these shows, and plus get an opinion on the show, honestly, uh, if you are a Patreon supporter, if you want me to review something, link it. Just, just let me know what it is. I'll, uh, I'll do my best to look it up to find it or something. Or if you have like a general direction that you want me to go in, do you want to do classic stuff, new release stuff, whatever you name it, I'll do it because uh, it is because of you people that I will continue to do all of this fine, fine, fun stuff. So let's get in and started with the fun. And here is the trailer for Scream 2022. so far. Do you have a gun? I'm Sydney Prescott. Of course I have a gun. Something about this one just feels different. Samantha? I'm, I know who you are. I've been through this a lot. This is your life now, which means that whoever this is is going to keep coming for you. You ready? For this? Never. Oh, stop! Wait, wait, wait! 
certain rules to surviving. The attacks were all on people related to the original killers. Whatever his link is to our past, it's pulled us all back here. And I won't sleep until he's in the ground. Alrighty, that was the trailer for Scream 2022. Here's the IMDb plotline. As we know, IMDb always 100% correct in everything they say and or do. 25 years after the original series of murders in Woodsboro, a new ghost face emerges and Sidney Prescott must return to uncover the truth. This is uh, directed by, I'm, this, this name's going to be tough for me, but I'm going to give it the old college try. Matt Bettelini Ulpen. And Tyler Gillett, uh, written by James Vanderbilt, Guy Busick, and based upon the characters by Kevin Williamson of the who wrote the original Scream. Uh, this is of course starring. We got the we got him back, everybody. We got Nev Campbell, Courtney Cox, David Arquette, and uh, joining the crew here: uh, M- Melissa Barra, Jack Quaid, Mickey Madsen, Jenna Ortega, Dylan Minnette oh, coming back. I always like Dylan Minnette and everything that he's in. Jasmine Savoy Brown, Mason Gooding, uh, Sonia Sona Soma Sona Sona Amar, uh, Mary Shelton is coming back. I forgot that or Marley Shelton was in Scream Four, uh, and I'll be. I want to. I'll spoil some uh, one of the big kind of uh, people that's in this a little bit later. But I want to give some uh, some kind of thoughts on Scream in general at first before I get into this film, uh, because the original Scream uh, is kind of the thing that changed horror a big deal for me. So when I was a kid, uh, I was this little scaredy cat. I was uh, scared of everything, <laughs> especially scary movies. I was not a huge fan and did whatever I could to kind of get away from them. I think I saw uh, a little bit of the first Child's Play on television. And I'm not talking about like HBO or something. I mean broadcast television at 3 p.m., you know, in the middle of the day. Uh, Caught a little bit of that. And then for like a week, I just had like Chucky nightmares and stuff. It was not good. I was a baby. I was so much of a baby that like even... At, at like daycare, like this, this always seemed to be the thing. Like at daycare or something, when I was a kid, we're talking, I don't know, like seven, eight years old, something like that. Uh, if there was like rain or something, everybody, instead of being outside the playground, everybody was inside. And, you know, if it got real bad, then the power was out and you had to kind of sit in the place and there's no power, no electricity. You're not watching TV, you're not doing anything of that. And sometimes people would tell ghost stories, which was never fun for me. And other times they would even talk about horror films and stuff that they had seen. And I'm talking like, and when I say they, I mean like everybody, like teachers, students, the whole nine yards. Uh, you know, kids, like, how are you eight, nine years old talking about, uh, talking about you know, Nightmare on Elm Street films? It, it was not good for me. I was scared of that as well. <laughs> Just even hearing the stories about, you know, Freddy Krueger and how scary that guy was. Forget about it. I was, I was not a fan. So... As I was growing up, I kind of developed a, uh, I don't want to say a hatred for horror mil- movies, but I, I certainly scoffed them off quite a good bit. 
So by the time that I'm like 15, 16, actually even probably really about even closer to 13, when you start kind of getting those movie chops where you're just starting to figure out everything, and especially uh, because, you know, being almost 40, I was in that just prime age where you could go to the video store and pick up anything, and you could you know, decide to become a scholar of a particular, you know, uh, uh, usually for me, like a particular director, sometimes an actor. Uh, so you just kind of go to the store and pick up anything. And so your cinema taste grows. And as it grows, of course, uh, especially if you, you know, get into cinema proper, proper, uh, you become a little bit snootier. You most certainly can be. And so I took my Frady Cat and turned it into a lot of uh, I'm not watching that because I'm above it kind of thing. Not me. I'm into I'm into cinema proper, uh, real real douchey stuff that I don't I I don't suggest that road for anybody. But uh, I, I was just not a person. I, I watched some of the kind of classic stuff, you know, your Frankenstein's. Uh, Wolfman, all Dracula, all that kind of good stuff. Any of the big giant, you know, Warner Brothers mainstays. I watch things like that, of course, Psycho. And, I, you know, you watch a couple of those and you're like, I get it. I understand. It's blah, 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 whatever. Uh, but I still always looked at horror as a genre with a lot of disdain. I was like, all of these, and to a degree I was right, but all of these movies are somewhat similar. They have similar archetypes, similar sort of characters. Deaths can be somewhat similar. There's a lot of just form and function that goes into this stuff. And for me, at that time, that's what I considered just kind of dead weight and everything. Then Wes Craven's Scream came along. This movie was gigantically huge. And really, because of Scream, I I finally understood horror films, and more specifically so, horror fans. Who horror fans, why horror fans like the things that they do. And it was a movie that talked about horror movies. It was a horror movie that knew inside of itself it was a horror movie in a way and just said, hey, look, we know all of these horror movies exist. Here are all of these tropes and interesting things that, you know, always have to happen in a horror film. And it was that it was that thing. It was when Randy's giving his big speech talking about all the things. It's like, oh, not only is this a thing, it is a thing that people actually celebrate. You kind of like those certain things. It's like when you hear certain songs. They, you know, they have a you know a, a regular progression. You know, we're going here and then we're going here and then we're going here. You might know what the next note is. But that's just because they're playing it really well. They're doing a really good job, and you have the idea of where things go. The cool thing is about horror films is that you have that sort of thing. You know where you're going. You're going to hear those same notes coming back at you again. But the cool thing is is sometimes in horror movies, they steer into that note, and like you really, really get it. Or you think we're going to be steering into that note, and they steer the other direction. And that, to me, that opening up of what horror was as a genre, what the fans of horror, you know, thought about it and, like, realized, yes, a lot of this stuff is silly, a lot of it is stupid, a lot of it is corny, but you know what? A lot of it's fun, too. And so Scream was kind of that for me. And then what was even cooler than that was when Scream 2 came along and really took the meta-ness of all of that 
and brought it to another level. So it, there was a movie that was based upon the events of the movie in the first Scream. Instead of calling that movie Scream, they call that movie Stab. And then it kind of continues on and really, uh, like I said, continues that metaphor of the horror deconstruction. Why, why these things? What's going on? What happens in a sequel that doesn't happen in the first one? What happens when you get to the third movie? Then you had the fourth movie, which came out a couple years later. So you had your original Scream trilogy. Some people didn't bang on three as much as they did one and two. I think one and two, especially one, of course, being the original and everything, is still just damn, damn good. But I think as far as sequels go, two is pretty, pretty great. Pretty great. Number three is it's kind of, of the of those three, it is the lesser. Uh, but honestly, I don't think three is all that bad. And it's also funny because there's always like the oh the you know and they even say it in this movie there's two there's always two killers well that's not true because in Scream Three there was only one killer but you know, I get your point but you you have to play this game of kind of who done it this is you know Scream is murder on the Orient Express except for it's in Woodsboro <laughs> um so then the uh, so then after the first three there was a little gap there. And then Scream Four came out, and I believe if the you know migration to this new platform for podcasting, I went to another another brand, if you will. Uh, if that transition made if made it all the way there, we actually discussed Scream Four on this podcast way back when. Uh, I think we liked it overall. Uh, it, it had a little bit to say about kind of the current you know uh, state of horror and everything uh, with found footage stuff. With um, a little bit of the uh, what? What do we call it? the little, the splat pack vibe? You know, with the uh, torture porn things of that nature. So it had a little something to say on that. But honestly, I I didn't really love four. I thought four. I thought four was going to go in a really great place. And uh, towards the end of four, I was like, "Holy crap! I think they're going to kill our main stars." And I was excited. I was like, "Man, the guts that it will take to." kill your leads will be unbelievable and it felt like there was a studio note that came in and said no we're not going to have you actually kill all the people in the gas that seems like it's a bridge a little bit too far we got to keep these characters in here so i was a little bit bummed about that but at the same time too that being said this new film brings back these characters they meet each other and i cannot believe how much it actually affected me. So this new Scream, which is just called Scream, I don't know. And even they kind of make a little bit of fun of it in the thing, as you might imagine being a pretty, you know, meta movie that's about also it, the making of that said movie. And no more is that apparent and that you can feel that more than with David Arquette and Courtney Cox. These are two people who met on the first Scream movie, and fell in love, got married, had some kids, and ultimately, like a lot of Hollywood couples do, because it's a, you know, it's, it's, it's a cavalcade of crap, let's be honest, but uh, they broke up and everything, and in the movie, they, have, they had broken up, moved to different cities. Gail is on essentially Good Morning America slash uh, The Today Show reading her news and stuff. Dewey has decided to uh, retire as a cop and everything, and he's in a little uh, 
thing out in the middle of nowhere, but they aren't our main characters. But focusing on those two and stuff, and just the fact that you knew that both of these people are going to be getting on stage and, you know, together, and they, they've had some, you know, history together, good, bad, but man, oh man, do you really want these two to get back together? I mean, partially because obviously the characters and stuff, it was always kind of cute. The, the, you know, Deputy Dewey, the guy that's just not quite there on, you know, wants to be a cop really, really bad, but is kind of a, kind of a little bit of a bumbling guy and not, not really the super manly hero that he wants to be. And then you've got, you know, the news girl who's just trying to get up in the business and everything like that. And she's doing her best to do it and trying to be, you know, the salacious person and, you know, get the, get the big story and all this kind of stuff. So, but you felt with these two people, you know, kind of getting together and then knowing the real life of these two people, seeing them get back together in scenes and stuff, you, you just, I don't know. It plays really on the emotions and stuff. And I'm like, holy crap, I really want these two. Like, I got emotionally invested in the Gale and Dewey characters just going like, come on, maybe we can make it work. Wes is gone. Maybe we can just come back together with this film and stuff and just have this. I don't know, man. Like, you're just wanting a good, happy ending for those two. Uh, but overall, I, I don't want to talk too awful much about the movie. Luckily, in audio form, the trailer doesn't give you a whole heck of a lot. Uh, but no, it's pretty much like a lot of screen movies in as much as you are, you know, it's a whodunit. <laughs> There's a lot of suspects that are there, and it goes through a lot of the same old tropes and stuff and different uh, uh, scenarios and locations and whatnot. But it's a lot of fun. Um, it certainly looks back at the Scream series, talks a little bit about them, uh, the amount of sequels that things go to. It even mentions how, uh, how Ryan Johnson was like the last good director that directed one of these Scream movies and stuff. And I love the, uh, I, I love all the, uh, stab movies that they have on television that they're always playing and stuff. So it's just people recreating the scream scenes from previous. It's always kind of a fun thing. Uh, but the updated t- technology is kind of cool in the opening scene. Uh, you know, we see somebody with a cell phone talking to a friend. The landline comes into play. And then, of course, what's kind of cool and the thing that sold me on the trailer and why I kind of stopped watching the, tr- you know, the physical trailer in the movie theater about, you know, maybe 45 seconds to a minute in. When uh, the doors are, you know, they're kind of on the home security system that's also connected to the cell phone. So the, you know, doors unlock, doors lock, doors unlock. And, you know, it's a really neat little aspect there. You know, stuff like that they put into like Scream 4, little little moments for technology and stuff where things are upgrading. And it's like, oh, okay, yeah, that's true. Uh, So this movie itself is directed by, uh, written and directed by the guys who are known as Radio Silence. So the big thing that probably everyone knows that came out from them was Ready or Not in 2019, which I believe we reviewed on this show as well, maybe, possibly, 2019. That sounds like it might be on the cusp. Might be on the cusp. Uh, But I like that movie. Uh, It's pretty good. And uh, there's just a uh, really good uh, scream kind of uh, retrospect. I don't know if it's a retrospective, but certainly an interview in the uh, the new issue of Fangoria, I think it's about to hit uh, newsstands right now. Uh, we got this, we uh, some of the subscribers got it early, but it's it's really good. They talk about how you know 
Wes not being there, how that was a big thing, and Kevin Williamson not writing it. And they kind of, uh, the boys on the team of Radio Silence uh, stuck a hand out and was like, hey, um, Kevin, we'd really like you to, you know, in one way, shape, or form be involved with this. You know, we're writing it and everything. But ultimately, what we want to do is just, you know, do right by you guys. And, And, of course, you know, Kevin at first didn't want to do it, which I think we could understand. I mean, Wes Anderson or Wes Anderson, Wes Craven rather was the, was the guy who really just blew up Kevin Williamson's career. And, you know, he got so many things, you know, off of the scream series. I'm not sure the exact order in my brain here, but you know, from your Dawson's Creek to, you know, I didn't know what you did last summer and all that kind of stuff. Like the guy's career just took a giant, giant leap since then. And, Eventually, he got around to kind of the, hey, if I'm not there kind of thing, maybe somebody might monkey around with it and just kind of screw it up a little bit. But luckily, I think that this movie is actually in very good hands, and it is a movie that I feel like Wes Craven would actually be really proud of. Um, It's top-notch as far as like just finding out what makes Scream scream and then exploiting that and just kind of going into it, leaving you guessing you've got this cavalcade of characters. And the fun part is, too, is that, at least for me, and I'm not somebody who goes into these things trying to figure out who the killer is. <laughs> I am I am so not that person, the person that tries to... Uh, that will go into a mystery and then just try to Sherlock Holmes your way out of it and think, oh, I'm going to be the smart guy here. I'm going to know everything. And uh, I'm going to tell you who this killer is right off the bat. Uh, I'm not that person. I'm like, a, please let it wash over me. I hope I don't think of who the killer might be. But there are times when you're watching this, ultimately, that you do go, well, I think I might know who this is. Or like... Well, well, it's certainly not that person now. So we, those, those you can easily, you know, knock off the list and everything. Uh, but there were a couple times where I was like, oh, I think it might be this person. Uh, maybe not. Oh, no, it's definitely okay. Well, we definitely know it's not that person now, and that's kind of the fun of it. Um, I was told that the kills were like really, really spectacular. The kills are good. They are not utterly spectacular, but. They don't necessarily need to be. This is more of a stabby, stabby kind of uh, kind of a series, anyway. So I don't know that you need to, you know, go into much of that. But overall, I will say I really enjoyed the movie. It made me it made me smile an awful lot, which I was kind of surprised about. Is that uh, you really? I feel like these characters are written really, really well. Uh, we get, we have a pair of twins that are actually the uh, the niece and nephew of Jamie Kennedy's character Randy from the first movie, and uh, it's hilarious because again meta on meta on meta and all this kind of stuff. She's she is watching that first screen movie where <laughs> where Randy is watching. Halloween and and saying, "Hey, there's a person behind you." And of course, there, you know, there might be somebody behind you when you're we're doing all these things. Uh and she, and she gives a great Randy-esque speech that kind of, you know, 
breaks all the rules down and stuff like that. So you're going to get a lot of things from this movie that if you enjoyed them in the first Scream movie, uh, you'll probably enjoy these. Like I said, I don't think that you really need to watch any of the uh, Scream sequels per se. Two, three, and four don't necessarily have to. I think there's, like I said, Marley Shelton is a character in Scream 4. I saw Scream 4 once in the theater and kind of forgot it. I have seen the first three several times, especially the first one. I've seen just and second one a whole bunch. Three, the lesser. But I think I only ever watched four when it was in the theater, so I don't really have a too much memory of that. But she is in that. Dylan Minnette plays her son. Uh, really great scenes with the both of them. Um, it's just, it's a really good time. You, you see characters that, you know, previously and, uh, a lot of red herrings and stuff everywhere. It's, it's kind of what you want it to be. And I think, especially if you're a fan of the first screen movie, again, you don't have to see two, three, and four. That's okay if you miss those. Uh, but with this first one, I think it's, uh, or, or with this movie, and the first movie, those are the only two that you need to really see in order to understand all of this kind of good stuff. But uh, two and three don't hurt as well. But uh, honestly, I, I I don't want to say too awful much more about it because uh, you'd be just giving too much stuff away. I'll talk a little bit about, do some super spoilers in the after show and everything. But overall, I would say if you are a Scream fan, or certainly if you, you at least liked the first one enough, uh, I think this new Scream that is also just called Scream <laughs> uh, is going to be a good ride for you. For me, it was what I was looking for, and uh, I, I got it. I, I got a good, nice, a nice hard R-rated film with uh, you know a lot of Scooby-Doo in it. And if that's what you're looking for, man, uh, you're going to have a, a swell old-fashioned time with this. So... Uh, I would say check that out uh, wherever you find. No, you got to check it out movie theaters. You can't check it out wherever. You have to check it out movie theaters. So uh, go check out Scream. Uh, that is available in theaters uh, right now. Uh, written and directed by all the boys over at Radio Silence. <laughs> so uh, you got to give them credit for all that kind of good stuff. Uh, so over the next couple of days, I'm going to be releasing some more reviews and stuff. We're going to talk about Don't Look Up. Uh, we're going to get into a couple of the martial arts films that I'm starting to watch from the Shaw Brothers box collection set and all that kind of good stuff. So uh, stay tuned for all that. Help support the show, patreon.com slash thefilmfind. And uh, tell me what you guys want me to review, and uh, we'll uh, do all that kind of good stuff. And uh, we'll see you next time.
for hanging out here. I think this was the last good Michael Jackson song before he uh, went completely bananas. It was still a couple years later until things like really fell apart, but I think this is like the last one where, you know, he spent like a, a buttload of money on a music video and stuff back when people still weren't spending like ungodly amounts of video and they're like, all right, we got, is it Janet? I think Janet's the, the other one in there, but uh, it was a big deal. Okay, so let's talk about uh, let's let's talk about the end of uh, of the new scream here, because um, again, I don't, I don't want to give away the killer per se, uh, but I will say this, and you find this out. What do you, what do you say? Maybe fifteen minutes into the movie. Uh, spoiler, 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 spoilers. You've had your chance. Um, it turns out one of our characters is the daughter of uh, what the hell is the name of the character? <laughs> they say it fifty-eight times. You think I would remember Billy Loomis? Uh, so find out we we find out it's the daughter of Billy Loomis, and they have a CGI a Skeet Ulrich in this motherfucker that is like, Mwah. it is beautiful. I was like, I was shocked at how well it was done. Didn't look super CGI and all weirdy and everything. I don't know how much work Skeet Ulrich has had over the years. Uh, it still feels like CGI. Still feels like a little CGI-ish. But he's in like the reflections of stuff and everything. Uh, it's really good. Really, really good. Um, quite shocked on that. Again, I want to talk a little bit about just just great character performances and stuff. I think David Arquette actually rules in this movie. He's kind of like low key really good. He's still he's still kind of dewy, but he still's got that character. But I think like ah oh man, you just love to see where the character went and everything. It was really good. Seeing Nev Campbell back obviously fantastic. Uh uh Courtney Cox back 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 in the thing. Um Everybody looks good enough. <laughs> so to speak, I don't want to be a butthole. Um, Mickey Madsen or Mikey Madsen, Mikey, Mikey, Mickey, Mickey, maybe Mickey. Uh, she was in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. You'll you'll see her at first, and you're gonna be like, "What was she in?" What was she? Oh, she was in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. She's really great. Jenna uh, Jenna Ortega, this new girl who you see at the beginning, I think she's really good. Has her moments. Jack Quaid, we will still keep talking about Jack Quaid and how good that guy actually is. And I will say it here, right here, right now, better than Randy Quaid. He will go down in the books as a, maybe not a bigger star, maybe not a bigger star, but a better actor than Randy Quaid. I will say it right here, right now. I don't give a damn. And I think the reason he's going to be better is because he's, he's not as good looking as dad. He's not a bad looking dude, but he's not like, you know... 
dad was like carved out of granite, right? And you come in, it's like, oh, he's a little goofy looking. Uh, you better be a better actor, damn it. Uh, but really, really good. Uh, so Melissa Barra, I, I didn't mention, but she's also is uh, Sam, who's really good. Uh, overall, it, it, she's she's the uh, the daughter of of uh, of Skeet Ultra's character. Which, by the way, I was really confused at at one point because I was just like, the the story tells about how like she went up in her mom's attic and everything, and uh, and pulled out an old diary, and it turns out that she mentions that Billy Loomis is the guy who got her pregnant and she was going out with the girl's current father. And what I didn't realize, or at least that it wasn't, I don't know, maybe just didn't quite spell it out for my dumb ass enough. I was just like, well, 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 hold on here. The timeline doesn't add up. If he impregnated you, that fine. I get that. That's cool. Uh, it's not cool, but you know what I mean? <laughs> Uh, I'm like, but he's dead. He's dead at the end of the movie. So like, how is he? And what she meant was her ag- her current father, the man that her mother was going out with when Billy Loomis did the deed. Uh, then Billy Loomis obviously got killed. And then dad heard the girl say, hey, what the hell is this? My dad is this. This is a bunch of bullshit, whatever. And so then dad left. So it it was very confusing, at least when I first thought it was just like she said dad. And for some reason that like, you know, didn't register in my head that she wouldn't be calling Billy Loomis dad. She would be calling her actual dad dad, if that makes sense. The man who she grew up thinking was her actual biological father. Anyways, I'm still going on. And like I said, I, uh, I wanted to keep things as kind of spoiler-free as possible and everything. But that was obviously the CGI uh, Skeetle, which I had to talk about. It was really, really sweet. Uh, but yeah, man, uh, check it out. If you're if you're a fan of the Scream movies, uh, I, I think you'll like it. It's a nice return back to form. And again, one that I think that uh, Wes would be quite proud of. And when you see the four Wes thing at the end there, you, you smile. I rolled a little tear, and I was like, you know what? Yeah, yeah. That's it, everybody. We'll see you next time.